Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 We've waited long enough, so it's time to talk Tyreek on this episode of Locked on Pelicans. I'm Brett Dawson. So, Coach Gentry, I'm, I'm really curious to get your take on Tyreek Evans. And as you can see here, I do a depth chart on every team. And if you want to blow this out of the water, you can. It might be comic TV. But I've got Tyreek Evans in it, it starting small forward. Um, do you see him as in a bench role playing multiple positions? Or do you see him starting at small forward or perhaps shooting guard? Well, I think with him, you know, we got to see how he progressed, uh, you know, as far as the rehab and what goes on with him. But a healthy Tyreek is a very good basketball player. We, we played and we were pretty good when he was healthy last year. Uh, unfortunately for him, he just went through a tough situation, so uh, we'll just have to see what happens, but I like what we've added. I like the things that we've done. Apologies for that extra long intro, but uh, that was Alvin Gentry during the Pelicans Wednesday game uh, talking about Tyreek Evans. And as it turns out, that's what we're about to do for a little bit. My name is Brett Dawson. I cover the Pelicans for the New Orleans Advocate, and this is Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, I promised at one point that we were going to do an episode really focused on Tyreek Evans and kind of what we know and what we don't know about him uh, as we sort of soldier on through this offseason. And we're finally at that point. Uh, We are going to discuss some things about Tyreek. We're going to talk a little bit about his health, what we know and don't know there. We're going to talk about trade possibilities, you know, what I've heard and what I've heard is off the table. We're going to talk about all sorts of things about how the Pelicans might uh, be looking at Tyreek moving into the season and moving into training camp. Um, So we have a lot of Tyreek talk to do. But first, we've got a little bit of news to talk about from Wednesday. Uh, The first bit of news... Really, the most important bit of news concerns Anthony Davis. Dell Demps was on the Jim Rome show, kind of a rare media appearance for him. Uh, and on Jim Rome's radio show, said Anthony Davis is on track to resume basketball activity in August, so next month. He's on the court a little bit now. He's shooting. He's doing some things. But uh, basketball activity, meaning running and jumping and doing all those things in August. Uh, and that puts him back on track, or, or keeps him on track, I should say, uh, to be 100% back Uh, for training camp and that was the plan and the hope for Anthony Davis that's always been the timetable after that ultrasonic debridement on his left knee that he would be back and ready to go uh, for the start of training camp and be 100% and and that seems to still be the timetable once again didn't have surgery on the torn labrum in his shoulder and Dell Demps said on Jim Rome's show on Wednesday that was after uh, several professionals looked at that and decided that it was best just to heal on its own. So he's had time not only to heal that, but to recover from that knee procedure, that debridement, which I am not to call a surgery. Doctors have told me several times surgery is not the accurate term. So that debridement rehab uh, has been ongoing, and he'll be back doing some basketball things in August, which certainly is an encouraging sign for the Pelicans that he's on track. The guy who's still struggling to get on track, Buddy Heald. Uh, the Pelicans played their first tournament game at the NBA Summer League on Wednesday 
Uh, that did not go well for them. They lost 81-77 to Miami. They uh, gave up the last seven points of that game when it looked like they were in a good position to win. Buddy Heald struggled again, 5 of 17 from the floor. He did have 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Pretty good numbers. Uh, actually, I thought played a pretty good game, a pretty good uh, floor game, an all-around game. I thought he was uh, in stretches. I thought he looked much better defensively than he's looked. He still has some breakdowns, but the shot just not falling, and I think it is starting to frustrate him some. Uh, through four summer league games now, 33.7% shooting from the floor, 24.2% from three-point range, uh, but he is averaging 18.2 points, 6.2 rebounds, 3.5 assists, so He's played pretty well. He just hasn't shot the ball well. Uh, nobody seems to be very alarmed by it. There are some concerns, I think, about you know whether or not he's going to be able to put the ball on the floor. But those are the same concerns that everybody's had about him coming in. He's got to get better at those things. So uh, lots of improving for him to do. Some improving, too, for Sheck Diallo, although he was much better in the fourth game than he had been in the third. He had 14 points and 12 rebounds in that loss to Miami. So through four games for him, 9.7 points, 9.2 rebounds. Those are good numbers. Uh, two blocks a game, uh, shooting 50%. And trust me on those stats. If you go to NBA.com and look up his stats, they are wrong. He's uh, He was given a three-pointer in the game against uh, Sacramento that he did not hit. That was David Lighty who... Uh, hit it for some reason that was erroneously given to Shaq Diallo, who is 0 for 1 from three-point range, not 1 for 2 as he's listed there. So uh, the Pelicans are finished with the tournament. They're knocked out of the tournament. They can't win. Uh, they do have one more game. They'll play a consolation game. That'll be 3.30 Central Time on Friday. You'll have to check the TV listings on that. I know it will be on the Watch ESPN app, as all these Summer League games are. Uh, don't have TV information yet, but uh, make sure you're following me on Twitter, at BDawsonWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. I'll update that information as soon as I have it. Uh, the other kind of news of the day on Wednesday... It was really just official news that we knew on Tuesday. Uh, as I had reported on Tuesday, the Pelicans waived Tony Douglas. They made that official on Wednesday, but had to have it done by the end of the day on Tuesday in order to avoid paying his uh, salary for the 2016-17 season. So they made that official. And really, uh, that's your news of the day. The The other big thing that happened was Alvin Gentry talking about Tyreek Evans just a little bit on the TV broadcast. And uh, it's about time for us to talk about him quite a bit more. One last thing before we get into that, I do want to remind you once again to check out theadvocate.com. That's the place for all of my coverage of the Pelicans and also great coverage from Scott Kushner, columns from our award-winning columnist Rod Walker. And as we get closer to the NFL season, a great place to get all your news about the Saints. I promise you, you won't get better New Orleans Saints coverage anywhere than you get at theadvocate.com. Uh, our guys Nick Underhill and Joel Erickson kill it on the Saints. They're great. Uh, definitely check out their coverage. All the coverage of the Saints, all the coverage of the Pelicans, and coverage of LSU, uh, the place to get it is at theadvocate.com, so check that out. Okay, so let's talk about Tyreek Evans. Um, this is a little bit of a complicated topic, and I want to start by saying I'm not making any guarantees here. If you came here thinking, or if I led you to believe in any way that I was going to have some definitive answers about uh, where things stand with Tyreek Evans, uh, you're mistaken, or I was mistaken, to uh, to give you that impression. Um I'm not going to tell you that Tyreek's going to be in a Pelicans uniform at the start of training camp. I'm not going to tell you that he's going to be traded. Um, I'm not going to tell you that he's definitely not going to be traded. I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell you definitive things. What we're here to talk about is what we kind of know and what we don't know at this point. Um, the one thing I think I learned the most in the last week or so, even since um, last uh, weekend when I put out some stuff on Twitter about the fact that I thought it was unlikely that Tyreek would be traded, um, you know, the thing I've, I've kind of discovered is that every P 
piece of information you put out there or every piece of information that is out there that somebody gives you, there's one somewhere that contradicts it. And so that that's kind of the weird thing. He's been pretty quiet. Um, there's not been any kind of definitive uh, word from him about his rehab or from anybody who knows. And the Pelicans haven't really talked about it at length. Um, I said at the beginning that I think you could read something into what uh, Alvin Gentry said at the beginning uh, of this podcast, that, that clip that I played from uh, Wednesday's game. And we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but I, I think what I'm saying is uh, what, what we're going to talk about is what we know and what we don't know. And, and when I sort of went into that string of tweets on Sunday, um, one of the guys I follow on Twitter, uh, a shout out to 42, um, said it wasn't complicated. When I was saying it was complicated, he said it wasn't complicated. I just couldn't say what I want to say. And that's not exactly accurate. I mean, if I told you everything I've heard about Tyreek Evans, we could be here quite a while, and I would almost certainly repeat something that wasn't entirely true because there's so much conflicting information. And while I do want to use the podcast to kind of give you some insight into the reporting process, there's still certain things that just aren't responsible to say because I can't verify them. They come from one person who may or may not have a lot of insight. So let's first just talk about what we do know about Tyreek's health. He's had three surgeries on the same knee since May. Um, for anybody at any stage of their career, that would be a concern. It would be a red flag. It would be something that uh, that the player would have to be worried about, that his team would have to be worried about, that any team that was interested in acquiring him would have to worry about. Um, and so that's what we know definitively. Um, you know, he's had these three surgeries. We don't know exactly how he's moving around. We don't know exactly where he stands in rehab, and we don't know how close he is to being ready uh, and, and how close he'll be to ready at the start of training camp uh, in September. So... You know, that that we don't know. Um, what can we kind of read into things? Well, the, the clip from Alvin Gentry at the beginning that, that I referenced, um, he said during that game on Wednesday that uh, they were going to have to wait and see on Tyreek. Uh, basically, they would wait and see how, how he came through the rehab, how he was doing. Um, and then, and you know, basically said that when he's healthy, he's a really good player, that they played pretty well with him when he was healthy. That's true. Uh, in the games that, that Tyreek, Anthony Davis, and Drew Holiday all played together, they were 10-9. and nine. And that's not, look, that's not setting the world on fire. But last season, this past season in the, in the West, if you'd gone 10-9 and nine in every 19-game segment, you're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that's not to say they would have done that. That's such a, a weird and small sample size you don't know. But he did, he did play reasonably well. And we're going to talk about uh, the fit issues in the offense but the fact is that that he played okay, and and for the most part they played okay with him, and there were there were problems. But um, you know it, it's not it's not fair to say that it was a complete disaster that fit. Um, still, then what Gentry said after saying he's you know he's a good player when he's healthy, he transitioned immediately into talking about the new players that the Pelicans added and how much he liked those guys. And so he didn't commit to any kind of role for Tyreek in this offense or on this team, you know, he was asked about positions. He didn't address any of that stuff. What he really said was, we're going to see how he is health-wise. And I think based on, you know, what I know about the situation or what I think I know about the situation right now, you can read into that and say that the Pelicans don't have a great sense that he's going to be uh, ready to go early. And so it may take some time, uh, even if he is here, even if there is no kind of trade or anything like that, and he makes it uh, to training camp and, and uh, you know, Maybe he can play then, maybe he can't, but I think there's some sense that it will take a little time before he's ready to play. And so I don't think they're viewing him as having a big role uh, until they know more about his health. I, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. And I, I think, you know, my guess is that they're not expecting him to play a big role this season because I, I don't think they do expect him to be healthy. Um, 
that doesn't mean he won't be healthy at some point. And by the way, if he is, and he's still in New Orleans, they're going to find a way to play him. Because, uh, first of all, as we said, he's, he's a pretty good player. And secondly, you know, you are going to want to showcase him in case teams are going to be interested at some point. But I think that Gentry answer, and I don't want to parse it for every, you know, single bit of meaning about it or whatever, but I do think it sounds like the answer of a coach who doesn't have that, that player in his long-term plan. Um, and I, I think that that is both, you know, a health situation and it's, it's a fit situation. Um, you know, the, the fit with Tyreek, uh, he, he's, he's just a different kind of player than you ideally want in this system. And the reason why is pretty obvious. I mean, he's a guy who likes to have the ball in his hands. He likes to survey the floor. He likes to kind of probe a defense off the dribble. He wants to make a play uh, often late in the clock. Sometimes it's going to be uh, taking it to the rim. Sometimes it's going to be passing. It's weird to call him a selfish player. That's not really accurate. I mean, he, he averaged, I think in his limited minutes last year, he averaged about six assists a game. Um, and so he's a guy who does make plays for other people. It's just the way he chooses to make plays that don't really fit this offense. Uh, this is a ball and player movement offense. Um, you know, when Buddy Heald struggled in summer league this week, one of the things that Robert Pack, the assistant coach, who's the summer league head coach, talked about was that Buddy was going to have to learn when to to do stuff for himself, when to look for his own thing, and when to maybe move the ball and, and maybe get it back later in the offense. And so, you know, what he was saying is Buddy makes a couple of shots and then he wants to, you know, he gets the ball and he wants to shoot it again right away when maybe what the right play to do, it, maybe what the right play to make is, is just to pass the ball and maybe you get it back over the course of the possession. That's not really Tyreek's game. It's not really the way he's played. Giving the ball up early is not really his strength. He wants the ball in his hands. Um, and he's been very good with the ball in his hands over the course of his career. It's just a little different than, than the way, it's a lot different than the way the Pelicans want to play. Um, and so that's why there's always been talk about, you know, would he be traded? Would he be, uh, you know, not, would he not start the season here? Um, you know, I, I think they would have explored some trades last year had he not uh, had the health problems, um, because I do think there was an understanding probably on both sides, b- both from the team and from Tyreek, that this was not a great fit. Um, and so knowing that and knowing what the health situation is, I think it's pretty clear that he is not a, a long-term uh, factor here. I think whatever happens beyond this upcoming season when he becomes a free agent, I, I think there's very little to no chance that he would be back here one way or the other. Um, but as far as where he stands right now in terms of getting healthy and being ready for the start of camp, we really don't know that at this point. Well, here's what I can definitively tell you. Multiple teams were engaged in conversations during this free agency period with the Pelicans about Tyreek Evans. I can't tell you the team's uh, as I've said on this podcast before, I can tell you one is Milwaukee, uh, and that that has to do with a that that centers on a trade that would include Greg Monroe going to New Orleans. The problem with a trade uh, that includes Tyreek and Greg Monroe above and beyond just whatever Tyreek's health situation is and what what Milwaukee knows about it and how much Milwaukee cares about it is that that trade doesn't work up work straight up in terms of salary. So you can't trade Greg Monroe straight up for Tyreek and have their salaries work out. Um, so there would have to be some other pieces included there. And I don't know that that deal is dead. I don't know that a deal for for Greg Monroe is ever going to be dead because I think Milwaukee wants to move that contract so badly. Um, I don't think we're we're ever going to be totally out of the woods on that until he's gone. I think there's going to be some discussion, and I wouldn't be surprised if discussion with New Orleans continues. And and Tyreek's health may not matter a whole lot to Milwaukee. If they can move the contract, that really might be more important. Uh, than what they get in return. And I can't say that for sure. I've heard that indicated, but I've also heard it indicated to me, it was said to me that 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 it's 
while Milwaukee's not super concerned with what it gets back, it doesn't want to get absolutely nothing. It doesn't want to get nothing in return. And if Tyreek's not healthy, for example, uh, that would be like getting nothing. It would be getting a you know cap space at the end of the season. Um, the other teams that were interested in trading for Tyreek, I, I can't tell you who they were. I can tell you that one of them, there were, there were a couple others that I don't know much about. And so I don't want to talk about those teams at all because I don't know what stage of, of trade talks that ever got to or what stage it's in right now if it's continuing. Um, at least one other team I know was in, engaged in some discussion and at least had some interest. Um, and then basically uh, that team's free agency situation dictated after it was finished making the moves it made in free agency. Uh, Tyreek was just no longer an option for them. It just wasn't something they needed to do or had room to do or wanted to do. And so that that one was dead after I don't know what degree of discussion. I do know there was interest from a team uh, that, that kind of solved its problems elsewhere with free agency. Uh, I don't know how far along they got, and I don't know where that team stood kind of on his health. As I said early on, I, I, there are some teams who think that this is a career-threatening situation for him, and you can understand why a team would think that with three surgeries on the same knee. Again, I keep I keep hammering that point, three surgeries on the same knee in a year. Um that's you, you can see where teams would be concerned with his health, and that, that definitely is the case, that there are teams very concerned. Um, but I, I think it's very rare that you have teams that think he's just, oh, well, he's never going to play again. I, I think that's a rarity. Um, so when we talk about trades, is there a chance something happens before training camp? Yes, because there have been enough teams engaged. And I, I've, I've learned more about this even since I first kind of put some of this stuff out there saying I think it's unlikely. I still don't think he's going to get traded in the short term. Now, I say that it'll probably happen like today. It'll probably happen before you hear this podcast. Like it, it, it will have happened Thursday morning, and this thing will be set to go up when it goes up on on uh, Thursday. And you, by the time you, you get to it, it'll already have happened, and, and I will have forgotten to delete the podcast. But, you know, obviously things change. Uh, things happen all the time, and it definitely could happen. Um, and I think anytime there's there's ongoing discussion, you can't rule out the possibility. But my, my thinking on this is that most likely uh, teams would need to see Tyreek do some stuff. He'd need to go to training camp and be healthy. He'd need to play uh, at some point. Uh, maybe he wouldn't need to go to training camp and be healthy. Maybe he'd just need to be healthy at some point before the trade deadline uh, and show what he could do. Uh, and then some teams might might have some interest. At the trade deadline, it's going to be interesting because, again, you know, what are you going to do there with, with the, the cap space coming up? Are, is, is his expiring deal, those aren't as valuable as they once were? Is he going to be of great value to somebody at the trade deadline? It's hard to say. I mean, it just it really is so dependent on how healthy he is and how he plays and, and whether he's ready to play, you know, um, early enough to, to make an impact at some point in the season. So um, my thought right now is that it's still most likely that for him to be traded – teams would need to see something from him. Um, and so that I still think it's, it's unlikely that he gets traded before camp. But again, you know, I just can't rule anything out. And I, I feel like I'm talking in circles and I'm contradicting myself sometimes. Um, but that's, that's the nature of this. That's, that's why I say everything you find out about Tyreek, it feels like there's something that contradicts it. Um, you know, I think the most interesting thing anybody said to me during this whole process was, you know, everything you hear about him, there's probably some truth to it because there's just so much kind of chatter out there. Some of that chatter, especially uh, early in the offseason, sort of right after the season, uh, centered on the possibility of the stretch provision and using that on Tyreek. Um, if you don't know what the stretch provision is, it's a thing that's in the collective bargaining agreement that teams basically never use for whatever reason. Um, it, it's a provision that would allow you to essentially waive a player and take uh, the, the payment that you owe that player and split it over a period of time that is basically double – what's left on the contract plus one year. 
So in Tyreek's case, he has one year left on his contract. You double that, it's two. You add one, it's three. So it would be a three-year payout of his salary. Uh, he has a $10.2 million salary, I think it is, for this year. I really should have that in front of me, but I don't. Um, but I think it's 10.2, and th- so you'd pay that out, that 3.4 or whatever, over the course of three years. Um, and then you'd also you have the, the option of splitting that cap hit. Um, and that, that's really the more valuable part of the stretch provision, uh, that you could take the, the, the cap hit, the, the, the amount that Tyreek takes in the cap, uh, that $10.2 million, and you could spread that out over three years. So you'd have a $3.4 million hit each year. In this first year, obviously, he's a $10.2 million hit. So if you could reduce that um, to 3.2, 3.4, you, you would create some cap room. And the reason you would do that this year is if there was a player out there uh, who you could get, who you felt like um, you know, stretching Tyreek would create the money uh, to get a player that otherwise you couldn't get, and it was the right guy, and it was just a really good fit. I don't know if there's anybody out there who's like that at this point. Um, that's the reason you would do it. The reason you wouldn't do it, and it, it seems great to do, and it's, it is kind of odd that so few teams ever do it, but the reason you wouldn't do it is because, you know, for two seasons after he's gone, you'd still have some of his salary on the books, and in some cases, you just want to clear that out. Now, you, you can go ahead and use the whole cap hit this year if you just want to, you know, that, that's, that's what you could, you can pay him over the three years and take the whole cap hit now. Um, but I think uh, what most likely the, the Pelicans want is that if he plays out the season here, healthy or not, whatever happens with him, and he's, if he's in New Orleans for the whole season, whether it's uh, as a guy who doesn't play until later, uh, if it's as a guy who plays a whole lot uh, and doesn't get traded, um, whatever the case may be, I think they want that full cap uh, number to come up next year. Because I, I think, and I, I'm not alone in thinking this, that they've done a pretty good job building a, a foundation of players here. And, and while this free agency period has been pretty quiet and they didn't get a big name along the lines of like an Anthony Davis or Drew Holiday, guys who are closer to, to their range as players, uh, the way they filled in uh, gaps and the way they improved their roster with guys like Solomon Hill and Etwan Moore uh, and Langston Galloway, I think it makes them more attractive next year in free agency when they are going to have more money. Obviously, Drew Holiday is a free agent, so that's going to impact what their cap situation is, what they do with him. But I think it's become a team that's more attractive to that uh, upper level of free agent. Maybe not the elite guy like Anthony Davis, but a level below that um, because they are going to have a nice core. And if you're a, if you're a good, say you're a talented scorer, a, a wing who's going to get some points, a, a thing that I think this team uh, obviously could use, if they have a pretty good year this year, and I'm not saying they're going to be a, a six seed or whatever, I, I think it would be, uh, you know, I think if they get to 500, it's pretty successful given that they're coming off a 30 and 52 season. But I think if they get there, you could be a guy who says, you know, I'm the missing piece for them. I, I think at 30 and 52 and so far removed from the playoffs, it's very hard to think of yourself as the piece that pushes this team uh, over the hump. But I think if they could have a good year, you could see that. And so I think that's the one of the main reasons why they'd like to have that cap uh, all, all in one lump sum. So, you know, is there a, a possibility of a waiver of something happening there where, where, where Tyreek Evans is just not here? Um, sure. Everything's a possibility. I think everything's on the table. I don't think the stretch provision is going to come into play unless they just really find that player. Um, and I don't know who that player would be, honestly, looking at the, the free agent landscape. That, that player could be out there because I don't know who they value. But I don't, I don't necessarily see that guy out there. So right now, that's kind of what we know about Tyreek's health and about his uh, personnel status, the, the, the trade status, the, the stretch provision status. And 
I realize it's not a whole lot. I, I'm not sure you know a whole lot more about this than you knew when this thing started, except that you know my opinion on some things. I still believe it's most likely Tyreek isn't going to get traded. But again, I'm not uh, you know, oblivious to the fact that it could happen before you even hear this podcast because, again, things change. That's the one disclaimer I really want to leave you with. Um, what I try to do here is just give you a sense of what I know, what I think I know, and, and maybe, as importantly, what we don't know right now. And, and there are a lot of mysteries, and hopefully uh, in the next few weeks those mysteries are going to uh, present some clues. We're going to have some solutions here at some point. We're going to know a little more. That's basically my my bit on Tyreek Evans. I feel like I have talked a lot. I feel like I have talked at you a lot today. Like, I, um, you know, I feel like it's just been a lot of me rambling. I didn't do this with a lot of notes. I probably could have been more organized, but uh, <laughs> I kind of sat down not thinking I would finish the whole podcast, and then I just sort of did. So I just kind of went and went. Um, so I'd like to get a little more conversational. So here's what we're going to do. On Friday, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, we'll have Scott Kushner on, and he and I will just kind of talk about offseason moves. Um, I think the Pelicans are about done. Maybe not quite done. There might be a front court move left. There might be something still left to do. Uh, we'll see. And, and obviously signing Sheck Diallo and stuff like that. But I think they're at a point where they've done enough in this offseason that Scott and I can kind of talk about the moves, talk about the roster, and just kind of talk about where we think things are um, You know, going into the, the offseason, the, the sort of dead period, and then coming back into training camp, just, just uh, have a sense of where we are. So I think Scott is going to be here doing that tomorrow. I know that I will be, and I hope you will be too.